Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller. And today I have with me as my special guest, David McClaskey. And he is president of McClaskey Excellence Institute. He's been consulting with business leaders for, oh, about 50 years. He has worked with a thousand companies, 7,500 leaders, and has led eight companies to the Baldridge Award, which is the top national business award in the United States of America, and it is presented by the president. Welcome, David McClaskey. Well, thank you, Teresa. It's wonderful to have you here, and you know so much about so many things related to business, but let's just start with one of the earliest things that you would say to somebody. If somebody says, Oh, David McClaskey, what do you do when you're working with these businesses? What's the first step a business needs to take to get better? The first thing that I talk about is whether you really want to run an ordinary business or whether you want to run an extraordinary business. And the only people that I actually work with are people that want to run extraordinary businesses. Now, just as a little side here, how do they find you? Because you've worked with people all over the world. And uh, I looked at your website. You ain't cheap. So it's people who are committing money to make sure that they improve their operations. So how do they find you? It, it, almost all my business comes from word of mouth. This kind of business, you don't advertise much because nobody's just going to buy an ad for someone they've never had. So either somebody heard me personally or somebody they respected said, look, you, you need to talk to David McClaskey, McClaskey Excellence Institute uh, about improving your operations excellence. And that's how I get most of my business. And 80% of my business is repeat business. So once somebody comes, they usually say, wow, I need to send all my leaders here. So, so basically, that's how it is. It's almost all word of mouth. Well, and we will just put out the offer here that if anybody wants to find out more and wants to be put in touch with you specifically, that they can always email us at the station, WEHC at ehc.edu. And how would they find you in particular? You just go to Google or any, any of it and go McClaskey Excellence. Um, McClaskey Excellence Institute is the institute I head up. Uh, it, would show, it will show up very rapidly. If you put McClaskey Excellence Institute, it will come up as one of your top choices. And you are in Johnson City. Do you have classes in person or are these all virtual these days? Well, since March of 2020, everything I've taught has been virtual. So it's very interesting these days. The virtual world is very fascinating compared to the in-person world. Um, the class I had two classes ago had six countries and four time zones and, and on the same call. So I had some people that were early in the morning and other people that were at 9 p.m. at night. Uh, and because and virtually it's geography tends to disappear. And in, in some respects, time tends to disappear. People all over the world are saying, McClaskey at McClaskey Excellence. Tell us what is the first thing we should think about if we want to move from being ordinary to extraordinary. And, and, and that's, that is the question I, I answer. And I go, well, we're not only going to talk about what, we're going to talk about why and how. As I say, I'm going to give you a, a path that has four parts and, and uh, basically walk you through this. So we're actually going to get into not only what to do, but, but how to do it and why it, it all works. Quit teasing what to do. Tell me, Mr. Okay. McClaskey, I've paid you big money. I want to know the answer. Okay. And, and part of it is, if it was a simple one-word answer, 
the class would be so amazingly short and nice. <laughs> and, and right now it's 20 hours spread out over, over five weeks. Um, so people can work on it in between. And, and so the, the answer isn't a one word, but, but basically this process has four parts. And under that, there's some headings, but the four parts are think excellence, focus excellence, people excellence, and process excellence. And under those four parts, we can take a journey from ordinary to extraordinary performance. Now, now you might ask, what, what is ordinary performance and what is extraordinary performance? Basically, if, 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 I like people to, to think of it in their own framework. And so I ask people, and everybody in class I ask, I say, I'd like you to think of all the places that you have spent your own personal money in the last three months. Gas stations, grocery stores, um, anywhere, restaurants, any place that you have spent your money. And, and how many of those, and, and Tracy, you could answer this, how many of those were extraordinary? And you could count on the next time you go there, you will get an extraordinary experience. And so just think about of all the places you went, how many of them were, were extraordinary? Well, can I tell you what I really think when you say that? I think about the last place that just ticked me off because I was treated like I wasn't important to them at all. The receptionist was inconsiderate, uncaring, and it made me think, do I even want to get past her to continue to go back to this place? Well, well actually, there's a category below ordinary. Ordinary is where most of the businesses are. 90% of all the businesses you probably encounter are, are ordinary. But there's a, there's, a category, there's a category below that, which is poor. And, and if, you're, if you're a business that, that's below ordinary long enough, you're just going to go out of business. Nobody wants to go to a pathetic business over and over again when, they, when there's lots and lots of ordinary choices. And, and so that's not the world we're really dealing with. How, how about the world of just, these are not businesses that make you mad. So I'm just after, but I'm after the other question. Which business, how many businesses have you shopped at in the last three months? That, that are extraordinary. And you could count on the next time you go there, you are sure you will get an extraordinary experience again. So I'm after a number. Okay, yeah, it's hard for me to give a number because with the pandemic and everything, but I do have my businesses that I go to regularly yeah, because okay. I restaurants, because I can count on the quality of the food. But hang on now, I haven't given up on my other question. Once you get past that receptionist, very good. But see, I think this has to do with maybe one of the basic steps of somebody who's in charge of that entire business has part of it that's working really, really well and one little part that's messing things up. Yeah, th there's no doubt. Customers look at the entire experience. Uh, there's no question about that. And, and sometimes one part, it's, it's like if you have a restaurant and, and, and you make wonderful food, which is the main reason people go to restaurants, but, but your, your place is dirty. And people are going, well, you know, this is wonderful food, but I don't know if I take a chance to come here because it, you know, it may not be sanitary enough. I might get sick. Uh, or uh, the, the, the wait staff is, is may not be unfriendly, but they're indifferent. And you go, you know, the food's wonderful, but you know, uh, nobody really cares if I come or don't come. Nobody, you know, and, and, and that can ruin the whole thing. And what you'll find is that the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just the last 15%. Very interesting. And that's why it's such a great thing because you're already doing 85%. If you'll just up your game a bit, you can have an extraordinary. And see, you haven't come up with a single extraordinary business yet, have you? 
Nope. And, and most people, so I, I ask, I've asked this question to thousands of people all over the world. And, and, and usually the most I've ever gotten is three. Most people can't even name one. So what does that tell you about what most people do business? They do it in ordinary businesses. And ordinary, and, and, and I define ordinary is the service level at which most businesses have decided to stay at. And, and, and let me give you an example of that. Uh, I, I like to give an example of people checking out of a grocery store with a, with a, real, uh, with a real cashier. And, and what kind of service did you get while they were checking you out? Now, the accuracy is the beeps, and almost everybody's at 100% there. But what kind of service did you get? And, and, and I asked people, did they, did they get service did, did, over the last three months or even the last year? Did you ever call the manager over and say, this is such terrible service, I need to complain about it? Or this was such fantastic service, I wanted to compliment you on how wonderful this, this cashier treated me while they were checking me out. And, and, and almost nobody says yes to that. It's, it's how services are designed by ordinary businesses. And I give it a name, I call it transactional services. It's absolutely designed to be non-memorable. What does that mean? You just have the transaction, you complete it, and there's nothing special. Yeah. In other words, when you come home, you don't say, oh, I want to tell you about the the service I had when I was checking out. You don't even remember it. It was totally non-memorable. Now, the the service that you talked about that that was memorable because it was negative, that's not what I'm talking about. People know not to do that. Ordinary businesses do not consistently give bad service to their customers because that's how you you go out of business. But most businesses have designed their businesses so that it's just transactional. It's totally non-memorable. You don't talk about it either way. You go to a restaurant and and you're waited on, but it's just like, you know, I I didn't think think anything good or anything bad. And and I just give that word a transaction. Okay, let me interrupt just for a second to remind listeners that um, my guest today is David McClaskey, who's president of McClaskey Excellence Institute. Anybody who's out there who's interested in moving a business from ordinary to extraordinary might want to Google McClaskey Excellence or contact WEHC at ehc.edu and we'll put you in touch. David hasn't paid anything for me to make that offer. So this is, <laughs> so, so this is uh, not a, an announcement that we have to divulge. But anyway, WEHC at ehc.edu or, or McClaskey Excellence. So we were talking about just completing the transaction, what ordinary businesses kind of aim for. Let's go back to the beginning of the thinking. If a business is going to be extraordinary, what is it that the people are thinking at the top? Because it seems to me that the people at the top, what their, what their process is, how they act gets filtered through the company. So if they don't hold people accountable, if they are mediocre and satisfied with mediocrity, that's the way it's going to be throughout the whole business. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. The leader, the owner, the leader of the business sets the level of performance for the entire business. And, and John Maxwell, who's one of the leading uh, authorities on leadership, he's written almost 90 books. And one of his sentinel books is The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. It's a great book, but the first law of leadership is called the law of the lid. And the law of the lid says a company cannot be any better than the quality of its leadership. Because that sets the cap. It could be a lot worse, 
but you set the cap of how good you're going to be. And, and that's the heart of thinking excellence is what level does, does, does the owner, does the key managers of the business want to set? And, and let me give you two examples of, of two Baldridge winning companies that I've had a pleasure to work with. One of them is Rich Carlton. And they won the award twice, and both times I was their Baldrige consultant. And Horst Schultze was the uh, CEO and, and founder of, of, of Rich Carlton in North America, and just a, a fantastic leader. And uh, he absolutely, his standard was every guest that comes into a Rich Carlton hotel is going to get superb service. Everyone. He would be upset if any guest was not delighted about their experience at the Ritz-Carlton. Now he had hotels all over the world. So thousands and thousands of people working for him. But the reason people would pay so much money for a hotel and come back is not just the 1600 count sheets, but, but the wonderful service that they got no matter where they, they, were, they were in the Ritz-Carlton. And that occurred because of the leader themselves. In this case, when, when I was working with him, Horst Schulze was the, was the leader. And, and, and that was his standard. And, uh, you know, don't tell me you got 99 right and one wrong. The standards get everyone right. And, and they won the Baldrige twice as the hotel that was most satisfying in the world. Did you just describe mission statements? You said that it, the, the goal was for every guest to have a fabulous experience. At Starbucks, their goal is to serve the best coffee. Mm -hmm. Are those mission statements, is that where it has to start? Very insightful and exactly right. And that's how leaders, one of the mechanisms leaders use to convey their standards. Because once you have it, you've got to tell other people or it doesn't do any good. And one of the key tools, and that's part of the second part, where thinking excellence is about setting that high standard, the, the, and, and by the way, before we leave that, another Baldridge-winning company in the area is Powell Sudden Service. Uh, they were the first restaurant uh, to win the Baldridge Award, and there's only been two in, in the 32 years that the, the award that's given by the President of the United States has ever, there's, there's only two restaurants that have ever won it. Powell's was the first. And, and I can tell you, Powell's leadership uh, under Tom Crosby and, and Powell Barker before he passed away, absolutely, their standard is Every customer is going to be delighted. Every customer, every time, period. Every store. And, and that's why Pals is such a superb. Uh, uh, and that's why people go back over and over and over again. And, and uh, uh, there's so much. Uh, people talk about Pals. It's legendary. And what do they do? They get, they get your order right every time. They're friendly and, every and time. And that's why the line goes you know, way out yeah. into the street. And you are talking about the teal building with the hamburger and the fries on the top. Absolutely. And you get in this long line and you're off their property faster than you could get in even a much, much shorter line. Because not only are they, they really accurate, they're also really, really fast and really friendly. And, and they get your food exactly right. Why? Because the leaders of the business standard is every order is going to be right. The key customer requirements are going to be met every time. That's the standard of the business. And it's not just that the person at the top says this is our mission, that somehow that leader is so good that he or she gets that message communicated all down through the system and everybody believes it. That's right. And, and, and in the case of, of uh, the Ritz-Carlton, they would have a daily lineup and one of those parts of the mission would be reviewed every day. 
So every, and all the basics that they had would be reviewed every 20 days because they do one a day. They had 20 of them. They go around and, and they would keep over and over and over again. And every time Horst Schultz, talked, he started with the mission and he started with how critical it was that every guest is treated right. And that is exactly the way Pals does. And that's exactly the way Baldridge winning companies do it. And, and uh, we're blessed with having a few in this area. It's, it's fantastic. Part of that is because David McClaskey was here working with them, correct? Well, well, no, I think that's a small part. The, the big part was the fact the leaders had the standard of 100%. I can't create what they don't already want. So here's the next question. We have to have extraordinary leaders with extraordinary visions that are clear mm -hmm. and simple and communicated to everybody. Yeah. These yeah. days in the pandemic, we are hearing about how you can't get workers, you can't get good workers, people won't show up, they quit. How do you motivate the workforce? I think that is a fabulous question. And, and fortunately, because I have a lot of consulting clients in, in lots of different kinds of businesses. And, and what you find is that the people who are most successful have not compromised their standards because of the pandemic. The ones that are less successful are the ones that have compromised their standards because of the pandemic. And, and, and you have to think about what keeps people there. If you're, if you're set up for 100% success, you're set up to deliver and delight each customer every time, that is so much of a better work experience than being in a place that doesn't train you right, doesn't give you the facilities you need, does, and is okay with you screwing up and other people screwing up. And, and it's like, do I want to be in a group of goofballs? Or do I want to be in the superstar team that is just, well, this team just gets it right every time? Even if the pay is the same, I would rather be on the superstar team than, than the team of goofballs. This is a wonderful example because, you know, working in PALS at the drive-up window is not necessarily a glamorous job. But are you telling me that people who work in that fast food industry are happy and love it and have standards of excellence? Yeah, basically, the, the, probably the best indicator of how happy people are with their business and, and their, their employer is, is voluntary turnover. And do you know businesses that operate at extraordinary levels have up to half the turnover that other companies have and they pay the same amount. But so, don't you have to have a psychology degree or special consultants to learn how to motivate people who come with their issues and their problems and their challenges? How does an, a leader handle that part of the getting people to be extraordinary. Well, well, let's go back to the mission. We just finished the Super Bowl. So, so the, the best two football teams in the world were playing, American football teams. And, and don't you think all those people had different problems and issues and stuff like that, those players on the, so how did the coach get them to concentrate on the game while they were on the field? What they did was they look, we have a mission. We have a purpose of running plays and, and trying to beat the other team. And while we're on the field, that's what we're focused on. And we're set up to win. And, and, and so, so the other things take a subordinate area because you can't do a lot of things about your problems while you're at work anyway. Now, when you're at home, you might be thinking of different things. But the real key is not to manage the person. You manage the person's behavior on the job. And if you set up an environment like you see this with almost all the sports teams, when the players, you saw it with the Olympics that just finished, those players, don't you think they have lots of issues in their life? 
but but when they're 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 performing at world class levels over and over and over again because when they're on the job they're concentrating on doing the job 100% right 100% of the time under 100% of the conditions they're faced that's what extraordinary leaders set up for to happen when you're at work see i get that and i love your answer you got me on that but as far as the football team you're talking about people who are making a gazillion dollars compared to somebody who's making $15 an hour. Yeah, but if, let's talk about the high school football team. They're not they're not making anything. Do you think they're they're not they're not focused on 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 playing the game when they're out in in playing the game? They're not getting, even getting paid. They're having to use their own time and effort to come come to practices, huge inconvenience in their life because they are dedicated to want to play that game. And and who set that up? You can think about the coaches of those teams are so critically important to, to them having a team that they want to be a part of. And, and, and that's what that's what great leaders do. They set up a team that you want to be a part of. Why? Because I'm going to be the best me while I'm here. And this is an objective that I'd like to play. Oh, I love it. Okay. You've got your leader with the, the vision of being extraordinary. The mission is created. It's clear. It's simple. It's communicated. People have uh-huh. bought into it. Then you had another category about process. What does that mean? Okay, process is you don't expect, for example, if, you, if we talk about football for a moment, or you could talk about any sport, it wouldn't make any difference. The players don't come and make up the rules. The rules are already there. The rules and, and the steps and how you do it, that's the process. The process is basically the steps to go from a starting point to an ending point. I like to think about it, the GPS that you have on your phone to, to, to guide you when you're driving. You, you say, okay, this is my destination. And it tells you whether to go right or left and, and guide you from where you are to where you want to go. Those steps that you have, that's the process. And the reason you follow the process, because it works. You oh. can just wanderly just go left or right, but we don't expect people to do that. So all in all companies have processes. They have spent many, many years of experience to say, this is the best way to produce our product, to produce our service. If we, if we go back to the sports, if we go back to football, the, the coaches are not saying, look, you're a new football player. You tell us how we should play football. No, I've got years experience of playing football. I'm going to tell you the best way to play football. And then we're going to get you to step up to the game. So there's a process and there's rules related to that. And every company has its processes. World-class companies have processes that when they're followed, they work every time. Divulge all information here. I had sat in on one of your classes before. I kept referring to the Pals restaurant and the fast service. You had said something one time about that there are like 17 things that they do when you drive up to the window. Actually, there's 27 things they do. Are you kidding? I thought I'd overestimated. No, you underestimated. What's the first one? Well, one of them is to greet a person, to sincerely greet a person as if they were your friend. Amen. And then what? And and there is no scripted greeting at PALS. And it's not the scripted readings are, are wrong. It's just the PALS brand has said, no, we want you to look at that customer, look at them in the eye and greet them as if they were your friend. You know, now, isn't that crazy? We this. want people to be our friends when they take our hamburger yeah. order. We really do, don't we? Yes. And and and, and when you want to when you want to to delight customers, you fulfill that that very, very legitimate need. 
And you do it in a way that you can do for every customer every time. And not only that, you're going to do that at lightning fast speed. Well, 27 things. Okay, that freaks me out. I can't get a job there because I couldn't remember 27 things. No, no actually, actually, everybody that works there that has the window can do it. So these are 27 things. A lot of them are simultaneous that everybody can do. Tell these us are more. Not things, well, um, you, 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 one of the things is the tone of your voice. Another thing is, is saying words that are sincere. Another thing is looking the person in the eye and don't get distracted. You'll notice, uh, let's just take about pals for a minute. When you go to the pals drive through window, the, the person, the order, the person's looking right at you. When you go to almost any other quick service restaurant brand except pals, the person isn't looking at you when you get to a window. In fact, most of the time you're at a speaker and you don't even see anything but, but a device. Pals doesn't have any speakers. You actually talk to a person. Oh, yeah. And that person looks right at you. But notice they're looking away from the operations and they're looking right at you. Almost everybody else, when you get to a window, at a McDonald's, Burger King's, Wendy, any of the others, they're looking at the cash register or they're talking to the person behind you. They're not even talking to you when you come up to the window and they're facing sideways to you. They're doing all the things that say, look, you're not very important to me. You're just another transaction. Look, I'm busy being efficient and I'm taking care of the person who's behind you taking their order while you're waiting to pay me money before we will give you your food. How rude is that? It is. Tell us more. What else are they doing besides, okay, you've described about five things in one when they greet you. What else are they having to think about? Well, it, it, it's fast, friendly, and accurate are the three things that have to occur at the order window. Uh, PALS is 10 times more accurate than their competitors. The, the, the biggest accuracy errors occur during ordering. That person is responsible for getting the accuracy 100% right because they want to get your order exactly right. And, and so they're looking at a number of steps to make sure the order's right. One of the things they do is they repeat what you said. So, mm. and there's lots of corrections that the customer makes. You might say, oh no, leave, leave the tomatoes off that big pal. But they said it while they were repeating the order. So, oh yeah, okay, I, I, it helped me remember. That's what I wanted to say, or I forgot to tell you something. So, so it helps people get their order right. So those steps, fast, friendly, and accurate. And, and they occur in very short periods of time. And, and they do those, all three of those things at world-class level. Like for example, PALS is the benchmark in hospitality. Yet it also has the shortest order window of any, <laughs> any of their competitors. This, this is phenomenal. Now you've learned a lot in working with these companies all these years. Mm -hmm. yeah. What are you gonna do beyond these classes to make sure that these messages that you're teaching to people are preserved for posterity? Well, I think that is a wonderful question. And, and basically I have now created a McClaskey Excellence Foundation and, and we are beginning to look at certifying other instructors. So that, that uh, what I'd like to do is when I stop teaching, that, that things actually just keep getting better and keep going on. So our job is to see how many companies can we help who wanna go from, from ordinary to extraordinary. And, and there's, there's the companies that wanna do that. Uh, we would like to be there to help them and, and it shouldn't be dependent on me. And it seems like maybe you should write a book. Oh yes, uh, thank you. And I am and I hope it's gonna be, uh, my intention is it will be published by the end of the year. 
<laughs> Congratulations. So, yes, thank you. Thank you for that. And and I, I will tell you, it will be a red letter day for me the day <laughs> I'm looking at that book. We'll do another interview then. Oh, hey, that, I'll, I'll take you up on that. You know, David, people may have picked up on the fact that we're friends. Uh, <laughs> I uh, have uh, interacted with you on a professional level, but we've become friends over the years and I'm mighty impressed with the work you do. And I'm mighty grateful that you were willing to share some information with us here today. It was my pleasure. And, and thank you so much for asking. Absolutely. And if anybody's interested in getting in touch with you, McClaskey Excellence, they can find it on Google. If they want more specific information, let us know at wehc at ehc.edu. Thank you once again, David McClaskey. And thank you, Teresa. And thanks above all, as we always say to our special listeners, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be here. And thanks to everybody for your attention to WEHC and please stay tuned.